Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, niñas y niños, toda la gente. Another Mexican soccer show, and this is an important one because I haven't said this in so long. It's been 84 years. <laughs> Mexico <laughs> is back. Uh, El Tri finally, finally played, and we're going to just touch up on that. But more importantly, Mexico plays another game, and this time it's in Europe. It's weird times in 2020, but for some reason, Mexico got some pretty good games against some pretty good opponents coming up. Uh, after all the craziness of what happened with Costa Rica and then Guatemala coming in and then the game that's there, we're just going to quickly uh, touch on that. But then more importantly, Mexico versus the Netherlands, Holanda always gets that, uh, you know, the nota penal kind of in the back of your head. And we might not mention it too much. But uh, but yeah, then we're going to talk about all of the uh, Mexicans abroad. The transfer window, was it good, was it not? Raul, 2024? Man, 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 lots, lots to talk about in this hour of the Mexican Sox Show. With me today, we have the CDMX crew, we're going to call it. Uh, Tom Marshall, eh, and uh, minutes away there is uh, Adriana Terraza. We'll start with Adriana saying hello. Adriana, ya estás bien. Like, we're good. I know there's some stuff with... with uh, A rash. A rash, was it? <laughs> Just everything I right have- now? Everything's good. This, it, the rash was like having chicken pox, like to what? the nth, like, like it, it was, it was bad. It was bad. Um, but yeah, hopefully, thankfully, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Not quite sure what it was yet, but apparently, I was like allergic to some like vitamins I was taking because that's like the only thing we could actually think of. Mm. But yeah, now we're like, we're like itch free, which is su- such a nice thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Well, I'm glad you're back. And uh, yeah, I was looking at those pictures following on on, on them. Thanks for sharing. And I'm, I'm like, man, what is all that? But uh, I'm glad know. that you're back. It was bad. It was crazy. It was bad. <laughs> uh, just, a f- um, I was going to say like a, a, a train trip away, but I'm not sure where you guys live. But anyway, uh, in, the, in La Ciudad de Mexico, Mr. Tom Marshall in the penthouse suite of his apartment complex, living it up. Didn't get to go to the game, Tom. ¿Cómo estás? Yeah, bien, yeah. Um, I've been itch-free for a while now, so you know, I can't <laughs> complain. Life is good. <laughs> he said was, itch. You, you guys have had chicken pox, right? <laughs> he did say. Ah, uh, yes, I have. Okay. Do it people was, have chicken pox anymore? I people in Mexico City have. Usually, uh, usually, what's usually the other kids. one? Sarampion. <laughs> yeah, that like one. Measles? What is it? Yeah, measles. Measles. Measles? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a big, like there's a big outbreak of measles in Mexico City pretty much the same time as the breakout out of Just coronavirus. Else. Yeah. yeah. And and like I know people who were like more worried about the kids getting the, the measles than they were about getting the, the coronavirus problem. Measles. I remember oh, yeah. in The Simpsons someone said it was the kissing disease and that stuck with me. The kiss. Anyway, uh, I didn't know people still had like chicken pox because I asked that question to my friends like maybe like a month ago. I mean, like we used to get them. Remember? Like you're like, oh, he has chicken pox. Okay. Well, maybe it's because like usually you get it as a kid, right? Yeah, so maybe that's why we're not like aware of it because usually you'd be like, no, I don't know, in elementary school or something. I don't think kids get them anymore. I don't. I don't know any. You know that it's just like, not a thing. <laughs> it's just not a thing anymore. I think because of vaccines and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe just. But anyway. Uh, Tom, it's free. <laughs> nice, nice type. Uh, all right, well, let's let's kind of jump in and uh, before we uh, we get yelled at by our producers and uh, we're wasting too much time. Although Cesar's not here, uh, usually we go straight into it. Mexico versus Guatemala played on Wednesday, 3-0, uh, five minutes in, and very very easy test for Mexico. The surprises. Uh, Tom, we'll start with you and just quickly, just kind of recapping the game on what you thought. No fans. Mexico is back over 200 some days, but uh, how much can we take away from this game? It's back, I guess. Good for fans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not much. I mean, the, the team's back. I mean, Tata's obviously. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's 90 minutes of playing at the end of a training camp. I mean, that's that's what it represents and. Um, obviously, I don't know, Mexico were just, especially in the first half, just so superior to Guatemala and, and that just showed, showed in the scoreline. I think the second half was you know, a lot of changes. It was difficult to keep the intensity up as well. But um, but in terms of what you can actually take from it, I would say not not a lot. I mean, you can take little lessons. I think that um, Romo from yeah. Cruz Azul, is, you know, yeah. he, I thought he was, I mean, I don't know. I don't even want to say people played really well or badly or whatever because 
it's very difficult to judge. Um, but you know, him playing the holding midfielder, holding midfield role after he's playing a bit further forward for for Cruz Azul, I think that's interesting. That's where Tata wants to see him. Mm-hmm. I like the kind of makeup of the of the left wing. Um, you know, Gallardo coming flop. Gallardo going on on the outside is from the from the fullback position. Pineda coming like kind of floating inside, and then you know Cordoba as well, kind of from a from a left midfield position, kind of floating out there as well. And I don't know, I just like the the way they they occupied space, and I thought it confused Guatemala. Um, but yeah, I mean Antuna was just you know he's just I mean he's good against these really really weak teams. Um, but yeah, apart from that. I mean, what can you say about Hugo Gonzalez? I mean, Salcedo, Cesar Montes. I mean, it's just it's difficult to kind of, you know, to kind of go through all the players and say, is this, you know, how is this a make or break for the career? No, I mean, obviously, you know, I think this game coming up against the Netherlands is is much more, you know, much more important. Although it's not, I, I wouldn't argue it's make or break either, but it's a much it's a much better pointer of of where the national teams are after this really long absence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, one of the good things was, though, that despite not seeing several players, many of them were called up to the U23 team. So probably just keep on, I mean, practicing there, seeing them really with, with a team I think they have more possibilities actually playing with, because, again, this was an entire Liga MX squad. So whenever the European players come in, the MLS players come in, many of them are probably going to have way less chances of actually playing with the senior squad. So just seeing, I don't know, I mean, Cordoba, I think, for instance, could be just senior national team. I mean, no no worries there. But, I mean, just seeing Chaquito, um, like, for instance, being called up with the U23 team, um, having activity there, I think, will also be pretty, it will benefit the team enormously. Because, again, I mean, these are uh, these are teams that haven't seen activity at least until, like, since March, I think. I mean, the U23 team was actually waiting to play, to play the, the Olympic qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And everything just ended, like, a week before. But still, I mean, the national team, it was like over 300 days without even practicing together. I mean, that they even said so himself. He said, I just want them to remember everything we've practiced before because it's just been that long. Like, it's just been that long. Mm-hmm. And that puts it in perspective, right? Like, yeah. you know, this is not that being worried, the fact that I need them in mini camps, And then, you know, the whole drama with all the with some of the coaches and, and Liga Mekis kind of saying, well, you know, you're taking my players and they come out of injured. We they have they to... say they don't want to lo- like lend players and then yeah. they, they just go and like call up five players from Chivas for the U23 team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's and what it, what comes down to is like, I feel like they've already know that this was going to happen or they don't have, they don't have the communications, but anyway, um, it, it's, it's cool to hear that to kind of say that like, Hey, I hope they didn't forget 300 how hard we were working in the systems that he's working and you know and um that says a lot about the coach saying that because i don't think any fan or you know any of us would kind of think about that it's kind of like well you know try to get back into the rhythm and see who are the best players are um but we'll see um like i said not a lot about to say of the guatemala win uh first half you know we scored i i really didn't think it was gonna be that easy but then looking at the you know the team that guatemala brought it's kind of like even though Mexico has always not said struggle, but it's not like been a, you know, running through and we're going to score a bunch of uh, goals. Um, but at the same time, the intensity, uh, it's easy. Uh, you know, Antuna looking like El Tri Antuna always does against uh, teams that aren't so great. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, it's in the first half. So that's all we really say about that. I think the bigger story was after the game with who was going to be called up to the the national team. And for me, it was a big surprise that I saw MLS players. I don't know about you guys, but I did not expect and didn't even hear about MLS players um, traveling with the team, going over to Europe with all the things that are happening with COVID and everything that's been talked about with quarantine and all that is, um, you know, really really thinking about how the players are going to get there and I, I was just kind of very surprised also surprised on the players that actually made it um you know for example you know talking about antuna you know he's not there uh he was he wasn't going to be there at the game in, in for the european squad so it, it was just it was kind of interesting to see what players did go if any because i think we were all kind of thinking is it just going to be european squad there there's no way you can make 23 players because they're not playing in Europe, so you have to take some of the league make these players. Are you going to take some that are in good form because the, the teams are also, so there's all the rules. But to you guys, before we start on the Netherlands, how is that uh, the roster? Um, and now knowing with the U23 team, right, because there are some players that were there, and we didn't know that when this team came up all of a sudden two days later, 
that squad came out. But uh, to you, Tom, looking at uh, the squad that's going to face in Europe uh, on the you know against the Netherlands and Algeria, how are you seeing it, and uh, what do you expect? No, I mean, I don't think it's too far off of full strength. I mean, obviously, you can argue, you know, Adriana mentioned in then a couple of the under-23s, you know, Alvarado, Cordova, Macias, Macias. Uh, you know, Vega, Alexis Vega, possibly, you know, they're, they're all possibly, you know, in, in the squad or, or near in the squad. And mm-hmm. you've got, obviously, Irving Lozano out because of what's gone on in, in Napoli yeah. and... Uh, and what's going on in that region of the country, and he's not allowed to travel. You've got Eric Gutierrez, who's injured. You've got Guillermo Ochoa, who's injured. You've got Chicharito, who's not been picked. Um, you know, he's obviously in poor form. He's not been in good form for for, for quite a while now, when you actually think about it. Um, but then again, he's still he's still the kind of, you know, the, 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 the country's highest ever goal scorer. Um, his wife, you know, I think about to give birth basically any moment as well. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think with Chicharito, the interesting thing was that, you know, I was in both press conferences, one with Tata Martino and they asked him, why is Chicharito not there? And he said, well, I've got Henry Martin, Pulido and Raul Jimenez. And yeah, that let's just be honest, they're scoring a bit more than he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, was, it was just interesting the kind of, it was a one one sentence answer because I've got these three. That's basically the, the response. And then Chicharito was asked, you know, what, what, um, you know, have you spoke to him? Why, you know, are you, what, are you not in, or, what, or what's the, what's the deal? And he was just like, well, um, you know, if I'm not in, I'm just gonna have to work to get back in. And it's kind of like, great answer. Very blunt, you know. Um, but Percy, yeah. Percy joked about the, about the call up. He was like, oh, it's out already. I didn't know, or something like that. He was like joking around, like kind of like really, really sarcastic, kind of like trying not to make a big thing out of it. Yeah. But I, yeah, but then he said then. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Ex- I, I would have been been shocked if he would have been called up to be honest. But I think um, in the striker position, I think it's it's pretty fair to like regarding what what other what these players have been doing. I mean, you've got Tegatito, Jimenez, Martin, Pulido. Um, you've got Orbelin coming in uh, for Lozano. So I think it's it's a pretty decent roster. I mean, yeah. striker wise, to be honest. I, looking at it at all, it's obviously everyone that's in Europe. You know what I mean? We're not going to say that Omar Govea is good national team material. You know, I was, but I was kind of shocked about that one and, and Linus as well. I mean, I understand you want to take advantage that you're there and you're not sure when you're going to go back. But I was I was really shocked to see Govea and Linus on that list. I was like, really? I mean, it's I but understand he, you want to see them, but they're not. I mean, Govea, is, yeah, he's playing, but I mean, still not. Govea was last time with Juan Carlos Osorio, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. But, I mean, it's still not the most competitive league, and Linus isn't playing. I mean, we even thought True. Linus was going to switch teams. But I, so, yeah, I mean... I'm, if they start, I think it'd be a complete surprise. But, I mean, if you're looking at Macias, didn't even play, you know, yeah. against Guatemala. Yeah. So I I honestly think that, that he's there. He wants to see him. I'm not going to see him now. You know, they're not playing. Well, at least, you know, Diego Linus isn't playing. This is a good time to come in and, and see how it is, speak to him. And I think that's why he's calling up. And also, you know, if... You, you can't call 20, you know, you can't call some of the players because of the whole rule of how many players are supposed to go to, you know, with Tata. So I think, you know, doing the math, all right, well, here's a striker, here's a midfielder that I don't need to call for Liga MX, Omar Govea, and also um, Linus. But I don't no, I think, yeah, I think it just makes sense. I mean, yeah. like Adriana saying, they're, they're in Europe, so, you know, it just makes sense to do that rather than, you know, rather than disrupt. And, you know, you're not, you're not going to, you might not, you don't know when the next time you. It's going to be when you see him. I mean, you know, we're waiting for November, but, you know, after that, when's the next time Mexico could potentially go to Europe? I mean, I think it's going to be potentially a long, long time. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's it's just that. But on on the MLS players, yeah, I think that was surprising. And obviously, this has been. You guys have anybody in MLS going? Or is that just me? I mean, I I was super surprised. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, think, I, 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 I was I more shocked about seeing yeah, the other players we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't yeah. seem that, I mean, they're playing at least. I mean, Jonathan is key player in midfield. Bissarro is doing True. Uh, I think they should be there. I was just really yeah. surprised because of COVID. Because MLS had a bubble and all these things. And in the U.S. and the cases, I didn't think... And the reason I know this, we had to like write a letter, get the consulado. Oh, you, th- you thought it was surprising because they actually let them go yeah. rather than because they... like deserved it or like sports yeah, wise yeah, or like yeah, performance yeah. wise okay okay yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Just yeah. because of no, COVID I think and all was, that. I think it was, I think it was a legal issue at the end of the day. I mean, um, you know, obviously MLS was trying to stop all the, you know, all the players going on the international break, and in the end, you know, they kind of ceded players because, you know, FIFA sent out this statement I think on Friday, and it was just such a vague statement. Or I think Thursday, and it was just so vague, and it was like, oh, you know, if you've got a quarantine on the country that you return to or the country you're going to and it, the quarantine's for over five days then then the club is allowed to keep the player but i mean the thing that the the there was kind of it wasn't very clear because it wasn't clear if that was a kind of governmental restriction or a league restriction now mls yeah. has got a league-wide restriction so it's like which one takes president there um but yeah i agree with you we sort you know i, I think that i'm surprised with jonathan dos santos because He's only just come back from injury. Um, you know, he, he's also not played Polito. particularly well. And and yeah, th- yeah. But the the thing I'd say about Polito though is he's he needed go. this call up. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's I think static. I think Polito would have been absolutely pressurizing. Pizarro, I don't think really cared. I mean, he came out <laughs> in a press conference and said, you know, if whatever's whatever happens happens. If they call me up, they call me up. But I don't know. I was speaking to someone from Miami the other day, and I mean, this somebody who didn't know his is past in Mexico. So this is a guy who's like basically watching Pizarro for the first time and he's like, how's this guy going to go to Europe? You know, playing yeah. at this level, <laughs> how does he expect to go to Europe? At what level does he think he's going to go up to Europe? You know, he kind of goes missing a little bit in games. So, um, so yeah, so that's, you know, a little bit surprising, but then Tata Martino just absolutely loves him. So, um, so yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you know, if one league stops players from going, then, I think there's just going to be a domino effect and, and then it becomes really, really complicated moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I was, I was looking um, at the list and just seeing like Hector Herrera on there as well and just thinking how much he struggled to get any minutes with Atletico de Madrid as well. So you've got several players, particularly in the midfield, that are either coming out of injury or not entirely playing well <laughs> or just not up to, like, up to par where you would expect them to be at, like midway not midway through the season but like at least a couple months in or just some weeks in so it's kind of weird because you've got Jonathan Santos, Govea, Guardado coming out of injury as well, Herrera not getting minutes, Line is not getting minutes, Pizarro eh, playing so it's kind of weird to see all those players but hopefully I mean it'll work the other way around for the clubs as well I mean maybe they'll come back and they'll be a little bit more I don't know motivated and just trying to make sure that they get called up like on future occasions in case we actually do have calls in, in, in the near future. Jesus Alejandro Gomez. I, I thought it was a pretty. I mean, like 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 Linus. I mean, at least this yeah, guy's that, playing. Yeah, I'm surprised. I was like, oh. yeah. I mean, if you're gonna call up Linus, and you just yeah, might as well call Gomez. I mean, same thing. Yeah, I mean, I look at, think, looking at Linus yeah. is. I mean, he could still be in the U23 squad. He's 20 years old, but I mean, understanding that he has actually had like senior team experience. Okay, you just call him up, and you like as like you guys said, take a look at him, see how he's doing. Um, what he's talked about with his, in his club, how like if he's going to get any minutes, if they told him anything about that. So I mean, it'll also give him that that perspective as well. Interesting, interesting. I think it's going to be. Uh, I, I liked. I really like the fact that Alan Pulido has uh, is getting more of a chance and you know scoring the two goals. Um, I feel like they don't give that much credit to Alan Pulido. I think he's he's a he's a good player. I yeah, he's a good player. I think, I think right. you see that Chivas as well. I think because yeah. I think they actually have missed him. Yeah. Uh, and I know Macias is back, but I mean, you know, Polito, Polito was a big part of that team, and the, his work rate, I think, is something yeah. that I think that's the thing that's underrated because you judge him on his goals and all that. But Polito is like he might be a bit of a kind of um, you know off the field. You know, he likes his, yeah. his haircuts and his, his Ferrari, kind of like, his Ferraris. Yeah, and he's a reggaeton and, and, you know, there's music and, you know, he's a, he's a flashy guy, you know what I mean? And um, But on the field, and I think in training from from what you hear from Sporting Kansas City, and this is a guy who absolutely works hard and he just loves it, you know? Yeah, and he probably yeah. lives quite quite a sane lifestyle off the field, you know what I mean? Um, I, but, yeah. I, no. I, I was going to ask you, like, would you take right now, as a, as, as a Chivas fan, take Pulido back over Macias? Oh, man, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the point. I, I asked it to a Chivas fan, a good friend of yeah. mine, and they're like, "Yeah, he was scoring yeah. in my yeah, exactly. Take, and then I go, "Okay, can I have him back?" In the they world? actually posted a, a a photo on on the Twitter account for from Mi Selección, and they they had Pizarro, they had Pulido, um, who else was on there? And I, I was just like, "Oh man, just bring them back." <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I was like, oh no, man, we just let them go. We shouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the other thing about Polito and Macias and all that is that I think what we're seeing now and and we've seen since this break now in you know since last year in international football is that I think Mexico now have got more options. I think I think it's a it's a healthier there's healthier competition now than there has been in the past. And when I say that, um, you know, you yeah. you've obviously got Raúl Jiménez. But then kind of behind him, you now got Chicharito, who seems to be obviously be slipping. You've got Macias, who was on the rise, and now he's kind of flatlined a little bit. But you expect to kind of, you know, make that jump again. Um, you've got Alan Pulido there, who's doing, you know, who's doing well. You've got Santiago Jimenez, who's, who's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, he's, in, he's a big talent. I mean, he's got I think the raw ability as is, you know, is I think, you know, there's no, it's, it's, there's, there's a reason that Tata's brought him in so early, you know what I mean? Um, and then, and then aside from that, you got Henry Martin, who you know you just can't ignore him. You, what he's done for Club America, you just can't ignore him. He's just there. And sometimes I question whether he is actually top international quality. But, but then again, why not? I'm not saying he's going to be Mexico's number nine, but, but I think he can he can potentially play a role. And then you've also got Funes Mori, who, who when he gets that citizenship, he's going to be yeah. in the mix. And you know, forget about the debate about you know naturalizados and all that kind of thing. He, he's going to be in the mix, like. As in terms of how good he is as a player, I think he offers you something really different. You know, I was watching the Monterrey game yesterday, and so many balls into him, and anybody and he holds that the ball back, he distributes it. You know, he's he's really really good at something that maybe not all of the the, the other strikers in the pool are, are good at. Although Jimenez is is pretty decent at that, but um, no, but yeah, I think I think there's a lot healthier pool now in terms of you know proper strikers in Mexico than than there has been, and there's others coming up as well. I mean, anyone that can say Funes Mori, I think he's up there right below Jimenez with the strikers that we have. I mean, if you're from yeah, the goals, it's I okay mean, to say that. Yeah, and if you look at the roster, I mean, it's, I mean, we do have decent number nines. I mean, but it's not like Tecatito you can actually consider like a number nine. Yeah, no. But, but I mean, you, in a striker position, you really have to go with whoever's like really hot at that moment. I mean, it, it's not something... I mean, that's why you don't call up Chicharito. He's just not playing well. If, if we, we were just based on previous performances or just the fact that he's a striker and national team material, he would have been called up. But you really do need strikers that are, are playing well or are constantly performing. And I think, yeah, that's why Funes Mori's in the mix. And it, again, it's not like we have tons of players in that position. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I like it. I like it. I actually think Alan Pulido, is it just me or he looks like really fit? Like I, I was watching a game and I was like, I don't know, maybe he was he just surprised. He was like at the gym, like the entire time he wasn't playing. I think he was actually at the gym. I, I, I mean, this is kind of weird with MLS because we've, with Vela and with Pulido, we actually never knew what was wrong with them. Like until the very end, it's like I don't know. They were kind of keeping it like quiet or not making a big fuss about it. Um, but Pulido loves to post things on Instagram, so you could you could see him like practicing <laughs> yeah. and training and at the gym and then dyeing his hair. And I think that's something. what it is. Like he wants to do the whole like Ronaldo kind of. You know, yeah, like, he does. Suit, he likes right? it. Yeah, he, he definitely he likes to have it. the flashiness. Yeah. He wants to have. I want to win. I want to get everything. I mean, yeah. Ronaldo. But it, even his physique, like I feel like that's what he's trying to do. Just this workhorse, like you're saying, Tom. But hey, we need that. Uh, you know, they've been tired. So um, let's see what happens with Adam Pulidak. Watch him come in and score a few goals. Um, or a goal or two. Um, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, so let's talk about the actual game. Uh, Netherlands bringing, you know, a good squad. I, th- I think people were I already saw some, you know, some posts in Mexico saying they're bringing their best, uh, and it's going to be, you know, a, a, t- a real test in Mexico. What are you guys expecting in this match? Uh, you know, specifically, um, you know, what what are the outcomes? If it's a blowout, is it bad, or are you are you are you really thinking that Mexico can compete against the Netherlands. It's not the Netherlands of, you know, eight years ago, but at the same time, it's, look at the players that they have. So we'll start with Tom. No, yeah. Um, um, it's a big game for Mexico. It's a much bigger game for Mexico than it is for the Netherlands. And I think Frank DeBoer was saying that, the you know, the standing coach for the Netherlands saying basically, you know, we've had a lot of players play over the, the you know, last Sunday and, I don't know. He's not, he might not be the the strongest eleven that faces Mexico on Wednesday. Yeah, I think I've we've got to be that. clear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're playing Bosnia and then they play in Italy and it's Nations League and you know it kind of counts because 
you know, it's the FIFA rankings which are increasingly important, and and they want to top the group. So, so I mean, that that's their priority. Mexico's priority is, you know, this is the biggest game. You know, I mean, obviously of the year, but <laughs> but but um, it is rare that Mexico play a team of this caliber, of this quality, and even more so when it's kind of away. I mean, this yeah. is the first Outside time Tata Martino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this is the first time uh, Tata Martino's gonna gonna have played a European team with with uh, with Mexico, um, and and it's only the, you know, it's only the. This is gonna be the third time out of, you know, it'll be the nineteenth game, and this will be the only third time that um, the Mexico will have faced under Tata Martino opponents that are ranked, you know, ten places lower than Mexico or above. You know what I mean? So Mexico are 11th now. So if you look at it, I'll say, you know, 21 to to number one, this is only the third. And, and the other two were Chile and Argentina. So so it's a really rare opportunity. We're not going to, we haven't seen it much and we're not going to see it much because because of all the, the, the complexity of, of what 2021 is going to bring. Um, so yeah, so, so it has to be a, a rare opportunity for Mexico. And, you know, I just think Tata Martino is going to go out with everything, absolutely everything he's got. Um, I think that the game against Argentina kind of is, it's in the background, you know, it's hovering in the background when, when, when this game, when this game kicks off because Tata, you know, the Mexico under Martino have been really good. I mean, pretty much all the way through, there's been a couple of hiccups against the smaller teams, but it happens. And, and, you know, I think they've scored 50 goals in 18 games, you know, um, they've won, they've won 16 out of the 18 games. Um, and, and so, and and so we know what Mexico can do under Martino when they're playing, you know, lower opposition. But th- this is now the the kind of question that you know, Martino won't want to see the same thing that happened against Argentina happen against the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't think it necessarily will because I think Argentina were they had a young squad, they were fired up. You know, they had Scaloni who he was still kind of got, you know fighting for his, his job as well. And I think the players liked him and they kind of backed him and they needed a performance. But so I don't think that it's going to be the same with kind of Frank de Boer, but um, the potential is there because if, you know, the Netherlands are a, a really, really good team, obviously full of, full of really good players. So it's going to be, it's going to be a test for Mexico, no doubt. Interesting to see what happens. Uh, going back to obviously like the Nota Penal, I think when Mexico played them that same year in the, and uh, I think it was when Carlos Vela came in, right? The very first time of uh, Mexico, it was a very cold game, if I remember. And was it, man, now I'm kind of looking at it where, where I think was it in Bosnia? I order, and and I remember that, uh, you know, Vela's coming back in, like, I believe, like the eighth, ninth minute in Golasso. And it's like, Vela's back, everybody. And only for four years. And then he's not anymore. <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know. What are you expecting from this game? Is this, uh, you know, we. I feel like Mexico is just kind of well in these types of like European friendlies because of the European na- uh, nations don't necessarily like take this as like, Oh, we got to win it in Mexico. It's, it's, it's good for them. I like Belgium, the Netherlands, you know, before the world cup and some of those games, like, you know, against Italy, yeah, um, just anyone outside of the Conca yeah. region. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I do expect, um, I mean, yeah, from what we see in Mexico, we'll take the game way more seriously than the Netherlands. I mean, Frank Debord even said if it were for him, this game wouldn't have happened. He would have rather have an entire week preparation for the Nations League games rather than actually fa- having a, a, a mid, midweek game against Mexico or any other, any other country. So, yeah, I definitely think that he's going to probably rest – Many players, I mean, they also emphasize that a lot in, in the in the press conference. They said these players have had so much activity this year. Um, I think it's reasonable. I think, I mean, yeah, obviously the, what, what Tom said, I mean, the other games have way more importance for them rather than d- this friendly. I mean, this is just, yeah, just seeing where they're, where, where they're at, bringing the players in, like, together. So definitely way more important for Mexico. So you, we'll probably see, like, an entire A squad for Tata Martino, where, on the other hand, the Netherlands will probably just go with whatever players – um, aren't too tired. They're kind of saving up for for next week's uh, games. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a different. It's definitely a, a different way to approach the game uh, for each team. But still, I mean, it's still the Netherlands, so they could have a B squad and it would it'd still be pretty competitive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that the coming into that game, we'll probably see a different um, different squads, not not an entire A squad for the Netherlands. Yeah. I'm actually expecting some players after the Netherlands Netherlands game to return to Mexico. No. 
I would expect so too. Yeah, yeah I feel, I'm, I'm not sure, me. I don't no. think Tata's going to like that. He's like, I think he said before, if you're in the squad, you're in the squad. And but he's not, there were you know some what I mean? games. Was it with that? That some games like that some players have left after their first game, or, or was that just? I can't I remember, but I'm thought, pretty thought, sure he's been like, you know, you're either in or you're not in. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. I, I hope that's the position, but yeah, I, I do. I'm, I'm I remember it's like, oh, yeah. they only play one game. Okay, now these guys, they're not going to play, so they're back. We're all like, dang, like we wanted to see them. They're not going to make yeah. the yeah. second. Even Osorio. Osorio was like very very worried about, you know, how, how they prepare for the next club game and you know, basically I think I don't think Osorio wanted him to lose the spots of the clubs, you know what I mean? So I think that's one of the reasons why why he did that. But but I think Martino's just really kind of he just wants every he wants to work every minute with his players and I think, you know, that, that kind of explains a little bit why he's called up that you know, Jesus, Jesus Gomez and, you know, Lainez and, and, and Govea. I mean, he wants to see him up close for as long as possible. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if, if he lets any of them leave. The other thing is if he lets some of them leave, then the others might not be happy at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Predictions. I got to ask you guys, what do you think? What do you think, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I think... <laughs> uh, I, I think a two-to-one... Loss, maybe. <laughs> for Mexico. All right, let's start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom? I mean, it really yeah. does depend on what squad Netherlands comes out with, but again, it's still yeah. Netherlands, and yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for a 2-2. I mean, I think we got a... You know, Mexico's a good team. I mean, they're ranked 11th in the in the, in the the world. Netherlands are actually behind them in 13th. Um, I think this is a, real, a much more important game for Mexico, so I think they're going to obviously like Adriana is saying, play a stronger team. Um, on the other side, you've got, there's going to be tiredness from the traveling and there's going to be kind of, they've not played together for so long. And, and, you know, the Netherlands were playing last month, you know, I think they, they defeated Poland and, and lost to Italy. So, you know, although that was a different manager, I think that, um, you know, they've, they've, they've played together more recently. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it is, it is a, you know, I, I don't know. See a lot of the stuff in the Mexican press. You know, the, these are the types of the games. These are the types of games, and you know, I, I take it a little bit tongue in cheek as well because it, you know, it's I, I'm not sure to what degree the, these kind of games when the friendlies kind of make or break the national team. You know what I mean? Um, and especially when you when you listen to Frank de Boer, I mean, he he just came out and said it's like this isn't our priority. But on the other hand, and I think you've got to weigh it up like this is that. You know, so far under Tata Martino, if you if you look at the FIFA rankings of every country that that you know Mexico played against, the average is 77th in the world, and that's not even including Martinique because they're not a they're not a FIFA nation. So so going back to what I was saying, you know, about Mexico not playing these top teams. I mean, I know it's I'm sounding like a broken record because we always talk about it, not just me, but everybody talks about it. Tata Martino talks about it. it's just it's difficult to find this level of opponents and I think that's why this is such an important game and um, and yeah I, I also think it's going to be interesting to see is you know the eleven that he picks um, I don't I mean it's it's a real shame Lozano's not there because I would have loved to see Lozano Tecatito and Jimenez all together because I think I think they're in form I think they're in form and it would have been it would have been really nice to see it um, but it also would have been nice because the last time those three played together was the Argentina game again. And 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 I, I'm going to be I'm interested to see how close an eleven Tata Martino picks to that game because it's I, I, there's a side of me that thinks that he might he might go to replicate it to a large degree um, to see how they to see kind of how they adapt. I think that game he had Ochoa, which obviously Ochoa can't play. Um, I think he also had he had Layun, Layunta, Salcedo, Araujo's there, Gallardo's there. You know, Alvarez is there, Hector Herrera is there, Jonathan Dos Santos is there, Lozano's not, Jimenez and Corona are. So, you know, he, he can he can basically make a couple of changes and have the same team. Um, and then if he doesn't do that, it's going to be interesting to see which of the players, you know, he kind of he, he kind of have, have dropped down on the on the um, in the pecking order. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, you know, Hector Moreno gets that gets a start, for example. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who plays in net. Um, obviously, you've got without a chore, it's kind of open, and and you know Talavera's on form for for Pumas. Um, Gonzalez played over the weekend, so he arrived late. So it's like, does that mean he's not going to play this game? Uh, Cotta's like the fourth choice because 
Jonathan Orozco was out. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I think I think you'd have to say it's it's Talavera's place, but um, but yeah, and and I think you know in midfield Edson Alvarez, Hector Herrera, I think are there, and then you know one other. Which, which one's it going to be? I mean, I think you know Guardado's played one minute all season. Um, is it is it would it be wise to start with him? Probably not. Charlie Rodriguez played over the weekend, even if he was coming off the bench. Jonathan dos Santos is flying from LA. Um, and then you got Romo as well. So do you play Romo in that more advanced role? So um, yeah, and then even even up front, I mean, you know, Jimenez and Tecatito, I think are there. You know, I think they're pretty much inked in. But then do you go for Orbelin? Do you go for Pizarro? Do you even go for Liners? Um, depending on how how kind of fit he is. But but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to lie. I think it's going to be uh, it's, it's it's always good to see uh, Mexico play the bigger nations. And um, yeah, I'm going for a two-two. That was a long prediction, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom. Was, give me a score, dude. And you wanna? I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Cool, cool. <laughs> Interesting sure. to see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a Mexico win. I don't. Th- I think. Uh, I think there's players that. Uh, you know, I think it's not gonna be a strong. Just kind of like you said, Netherlands got the rest. The games that are just played in the weekend over the weekend, and um, for some reason, I feel like Mexico does well in Europe when he plays on these types of friendlies. So I'm gonna go with a two-one. Yeah, 2-1 Mexico. We'll see how it goes. All right, all right. Really quick plug. If you want uh, Mexico jerseys, merchandise, hats, more right now, um, sponsors of the Food Max Nation have uh, Wells Fargo like a customer offer. And anybody that listens to the Mexican Sox Show or anybody that's part of the Liga MX El Triang family, you put WFMEX30 on the discount code. And, uh, yeah, so you can get one of those jerseys for like 60 bucks, the brand new ones. Um, so that's uh, a quick little plug for there. You can get more information on the uh, pin tweet that's on uh, Foodmax Nation. So click on that link and you get that. Uh, you get that to the store. So yeah, yeah. All right, let's go into Mexicans abroad. Let's uh, this transfer window. I'm gonna be out. I'm disappointed. I'll just straight straight out. Like I, you know, Tecatito staying. And then let's start with the big news with Raúl Jiménez signing into 202024 and. As a fan, I really wanted him to leave, but I totally understand why he's staying. Um, but just by analyzing it, uh, Tom, we'll start with you, and we'll kind of go down with with the with the Mexicans abroad. But how you're always the voice of reason when it comes back as to why is this good. So I, you know, we were all expecting him to go. Obviously, there's not that many top clubs that are willing to pay the you know what. I'm sure we'll, the Wolves have wanted, so we get the whole thing. But ultimately, when you look at it, he's the best. I mean, what else do we have to do to have one of our best in the best form at late of his career to be in, you know, in a team where uh, you know the best teams in the world? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like like we've been stressing. It's a difficult window, and I think not just for Raul, Raul Jimenez, but I think for all of the players. I mean, I think the saw you saw the players that moved from Mexico to Europe. Were all kind of lower, lower price deals. I mean, you saw Jesus Gomez going from from Atlas to Boavista. You saw Pizuto going to Lille on a free, and then you saw Artiega going from Santos to uh, to Genk, which was a, again, I thought, a really really reasonably priced deal there. So so yeah, I think that's the difference. And then you look at the the other players in Mexico. You've got what you know, Montes, Charlie Rodriguez, Macias. All of them have kind of, they're already in the national team. They're already pretty established. And, you know, they're not going to go for cheap. And I think that's where you see the difference. And, you know, to be honest, I think with Jimenez, it was just, there was there was always a very narrow number of clubs, one that could afford him, and two that needed a no, number nine this this window. And I think, you know, everything came together and there just there just wasn't many options. And, and obviously now at Wolves, he's got, he'll have got a much better contract. Um, he's got like the security. He obviously loves it where he's living, and um, you know he's very established with his kid and his and his family and all that. So, um, so yeah, I just think he's done what he needed to do. I think it was a four-year contract, which for a 29-year-old, you know that that's 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 great. I mean, you know that takes him till he's 33 playing in the Premier League. And I think I think from Mexican point of view, it's actually pretty good. I think it's really really solid from for the national team point of view because. Because he's going to be playing, and I think that's that's what you want. That's what you ask. You want him to. You want these players to be number one 
in really good leagues and number two starting in the teams. Um, and I think with Raul Jimenez signing that contract, you're going to get that now. You're going to get it from now until at least Qatar 2022. And given the importance of, of Raul Jimenez, you know, maybe that's pro- that maybe that's a better option for the national team than going to Real Madrid, where if you don't do it for six months, then they'll go and sign somebody else. So, um, so yeah, I think from the national team's point of view, it's a positive. From the fans' point of view, you know, from my point of view, I'd love to see him, you know, kind of get that revenge on, you know, I'm playing for Benfica and and then Atletico Madrid and not really, you know, not really doing it, not really getting the the start and 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 kind of proving himself at the the big time Champions League level. But um, but yeah, I don't think you can blame Raúl for, for you know signing that new contract. Can't blame him. We could still be kind of like, uh, I mean, everyone's telling us we have one of the best strikers in the world. And I think we were all like disappointed. We were That's just true. disappointed because there were so many rumors. Like, if it's Manchester United, if it's Juventus, it's it like he was definitely going somewhere. We didn't know exactly where, but there were just so many rumors regarding Raul de Wheat. I think we're just disappointed because of that. Okay, I don't know what I did, but my Google like activated. Can what you is that? <laughs> I have no idea what happened. Okay, it, it just started talking. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I think that's why we were, we were all like really disappointed because we were just expecting him to go somewhere. But if he's staying, I mean, yeah, just have a longer contract. Make sure the club knows that yeah, you're, I mean, you're expecting to stay there. And in case someone does come along and wants to pay, I mean, they're gonna have to pay up probably a bit more because of that longer contract. I don't like it, but it's understandable and. You know, we'll, we'll see what how Wolves, you know, does this season. And, and uh, we'll see if it impacts now. You know, everyone knows, you know, what Kiamatis is up for a full season and and uh, what, can, what he can accomplish. And can he do it again? And that's that's going to be kind of interesting to see, you know, if what he can get away with um, as last season and uh, now having a target in his back, knowing that he's, you know, one of the best in the EPL. So, Interesting, interesting. Move on to uh, Mr. Tecatito. Another one who, it's like, didn't we keep saying, like, this is the year that Tecatito needs to move? And I was, I was like, does. literally Googling and, like, like searching on Twitter, like, the last three hours before the market closed. Because I was so expecting him to be like, oh, like, I don't know, people are going to kind of be forgetting or just worried about other clubs. And we just really never saw any, like, really strong rumors regarding Tecatito, except the one for Wolves. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to surprise us. He's going to go somewhere. And then... General, the hours passed and he didn't go in it. I was starting to think if it's more a thing of him not wanting to yeah. leave rather than the club not wanting to sell. There's something re- kind of weird always behind the scenes with Tecatito. It and might maybe, be like a family thing, right? Maybe like a later on, like throughout the year, we realized that like he was, I don't know. I don't know. Like we've been, we've talked about this before, Tom, right? It, it's, it's. We we don't get it. Like he's, I, I we feel like he can go. Is, is it does it go back to he's just worth a lot that the teams aren't gonna necessarily pay for him? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think it was unlucky this this time. You know, I I just think this I think this was the summer for it. And uh, to be honest, it is it is disappointing. I think um, out of all the potential moves, I would have just loved to see Tecatito, um, you know, go to go to Spain or England, Bundesliga. You know, gonna go to one of the top leagues, and but at the end of the day, I think he had a 30 million euro kind of asking price, and Porto didn't want to didn't want to reduce it. I mean, they've just sold Dias to to Man United as well, so it's kind of like they, they they know Porto a club that's smart. They know that they've got assets and they know what they're worth. And and if no club comes in and pays the 30 million, then then he's not going anywhere. And I just think that for Tecatito, it was. Um, Again, it was it was unlucky because of the coronavirus thing, and and the fact it deflated the market, and and all of a sudden, you know, clubs are, are just much more unwilling to pay the thirty million. And at the end of the day, there's been there's a lot more loan deals, there's a lot more, you know, kind of, you know, that that that's that's happening a lot more often than than like the straight out transfers. So I don't know. He, I think he, I think Tecatito was unlucky, and I just hope he kind of keeps it up with Porto and. And then maybe in January, whatever can can kind of can move on, or even next summer. Given up. Let's keep it at that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another disappointment. Dun, dun, dun. Hector Herrera, who's not having any playing time. We were all expecting him to leave as well. Yeah. Like everyone, Sorry. it was just like I don't know. It was even like him. A done deal. Even yeah. the club. Even the fans. Yeah. 
he, he's posting on stuff, and all these fans are like, "Why didn't you leave?" Pretty sure he was expecting to leave as well. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, I this? think with Herrera. I don't, I don't know. You're to be honest, it. to be honest, why why I heard with Herrera was was the you know he, he, his position was I've been here, I've only been here a year. You know, I think I think they like Madrid. I think the family likes living in Madrid, and I think you know, obviously he's on good money because because he signed from Porto on a free transfer. And whenever you sign on a free transfer, well, you make up kind of what the club would have paid for you by lifting the lifting the wages a little bit, so that you you kind of make a little bit extra. So I think he's on good money. Um, I think he's happy in Madrid. I think obviously he wants to he wants kind of more playing time. But I think the position of Herrera all the way through the summer was basically. Um, look, if if something amazing comes up, then a nice one, yeah, we'll definitely do it. But from what I was hearing, you know, I, th- I think there's been there's plenty of interest, you know, from England, a couple of in- Premier League teams, very very interested, um, you know, interest from the Bundesliga, Italy, uh, Russia, I believe, and China and MLS. So so that's why I heard, you know there was, there was plenty of interest. But at the end of the day, um, he what he wants to he wants to try and get the start, and uh, you know. Can't blame him either. I mean, I know he's not had a great last season, but um, but yeah, I, I think probably the situation is that they'll evaluate again in January. And I think if he's still not playing, you know, very many minutes, then then he'll kind of move on. But um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the dynamic dynamic at Atletico Madrid has changed now as well because you've got Torreira Torreira coming in, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. you know from everything that I've read, Diego Simeone really really likes him. Um, and you can see why because he's absolute battle at isn't he? and that's how Simeone was as well as a player and um, and then you've got you know what parties left as well so you've got kind of this the kind of shuffle in the midfield and um, yeah I, th- I think I think that was certain things being put out in the media about Herrera being the natural one to leave when actually it turns out that it was party who left for Torreira and I think that was the natural that was a natural thing because you know, Arsenal always wanted party, and then you know, Atletico Madrid wanted uh, Torreira, and it was like, well, you know, the, in the end, kind of the rationality, and they've done it's not a, an official swap deal, but obviously both players have moved separate ways there. So, uh, so yeah, so I think with Herrera, um, I don't know, yeah, it is disappointing at the same time. I kind of, you know, that's what you want to see. You want to see you in a big club. You know, I think he's good enough to play regularly for Atletico Madrid. I'm a big fan of Hector Herrera, and hopefully over the next few months he is given that chance. And and this season, without those kind of injuries, hopefully he gets a chance to prove that. I mean, I think personally the one that I was more disappointed about was Diego Linus because I th- I think he's now at the position where he needs to be playing week in week out, and I just I'm just not seeing it. At Betis, I hope I'm proven wrong in coming weeks, but I'm just not seeing it. And, and the rumor came out that he was actually going to be, I don't know if it, was a, if it was a loan or they wanted to sell him or just they weren't willing to loan, like like be able to give him a loan and just sell him. I don't know. Anyway, there was all these rumors and I was like, this is the best thing that could actually happen to him. Because, I mean, despite all the coaching changes that they've had at Betis and apparently they said, yeah, that he's, he's been considered and everything, he's still not getting minutes. So, I mean, he's still pretty young. He's still like getting he could get a really good shot at, at having a being in another team in Europe and and trying to grow I mean he's still pretty young he's 20 years old so whenever that when that kid that just they, they denied the rumors and said no oh, no he's actually staying I was like really I mean he stayed before this is not the first time that we've heard these rumors um and he's still not playing so I mean what's the point are you just trying to prove that, that your, your most expensive player at some point is is worth just staying at the club really that's that's the best interest the club has in him just having him and not giving him all those minutes. It's. <laughs> I'm just kind of looking back, and it feels like every transfer window we're like. They're not moving. This <laughs> is disappointing. And then we get like you know some random moves in there. We're like, oh okay, cool, cool, cool. But like none of the players that are we expect, and we're a hundred percent sure there's no way he's gonna stay. You know, end up staying. I mean, end up leaving. So kind of kind of a downer uh positives tom bring us out of this negative mess i think the positives yeah i think the positives are what what i said right at the start there are those three younger players yeah, i think younger players you know jesus gomez i mean you know i know we, we think it's kind of weird that he's in the mexico squad but he was outstanding at the under 17s world cup and mm. you know it, there's tata seen something there the same with victor guzman at, at Cholos. um and, but at the end of the day you know what a great place to 
to kind of develop, you know, in the Portuguese league in, in Boa Vista and, and, and to kind of establish yourself. And it's absolutely brilliant that he's already getting playing time. I think Artiega as well is in the right place. Um, some suggestions he could have gone to a kind of bigger league, but at the end of the day, if he can establish himself in Belgium, then he's he's, he's on the ladder, you know what I mean? He's, he's got a step up above the rest of them that have stayed in Mexico. And then, um, you know, Pizzuto, I think, is going to be a massive player for Mexico. I think mm. moving forward, he's going to be really, really important part of um, the national team even even as early as 2020 2022 so um you know obviously that's a big claim that i'm making there but you know hopefully you can get playing as quickly as possible possible for Lille and then i think those three those three players are the you know the the massive positive um and and i think the other one is is a player who hasn't we have not mentioned and and hasn't moved and that's Edwin Lozano um, you know the, the the way that he's taken to this season and the way the kind of his fortunes have just been flipped on the red is is massively massively positive for Mexico. Um, I think I think um, you know Guardado was talking to Tudiene I think today or and you know and saying like look my time's almost up we need we need new leaders now and like Chucky Lozano's you know I mean he might not be an absolute captain and leader but he, he's getting to that stage now where he's He's an important, really, really important part of the next generation coming through, um, and and for him to kind of hopefully go on to establish himself this season with, um, you know, with Napoli as an, an a starting player in a, in such a big team as Napoli, I think would be would be massively important for Mexico as well. Mm. Yeah, I think really the important thing here is, is like like Tom said, I mean, 2022 is going to be probably the like the last World Cup of like like a pretty strong like or consistent number of players i mean guardado said so ochoa has said so so i think you could start to see the transition looking after 2022 i mean starting now i mean you just can't start calling them up in 2022 after the world cup and be like okay you're senior team material now so i mean looking forward yeah you, you have this this current squad i mean yeah with some of the absences and, and such but if you look at the U23 squad, I mean, probably after the Olympics, you're going to start incorporating them into the national, into the senior team as well. I mean, we've, we talked about Cordova, probably Macias coming in. Um, I particularly like Beltran, despite um, him being kind of a regular at Chivas, but hopefully he'll be a national team as well. And and yeah, I mean, particularly like the goalkeeping position. I mean, I can't imagine Talavera going anywhere after 2022 in case it's needed. Probably Gonzalez stepping up, maybe. Um, Gota probably one of the one of the older goalkeepers as well. So you kind of have to start looking into those positions where you won't have those players like Guardado, and see not only who's going to be like their sub um, in the national team regarding performance, but also in a leadership position. Because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you give that position to to Raúl Jiménez? Maybe. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. You, you kind of have to start like looking into that. Yeah, th- yeah. I think the other the other thing there, you know, if you look at this under twenty three squad. You know that's in camp now, and, and the under twenties that's also in camp. There's some really good players. I mean, I, I think the U23 squad is is like like not comparing them one to the other, but I think it's a little bit more solid than than the senior team right now. I mean, you have really really great like talent there. I mean, you've got both Angulos, which is really confusing by the way. <laughs> um, you've got yeah. Cristian Calderon, you've got Mayorga, you've got Mosso. Um, I saw Alan Medina came back from Toluca. Remember, he was injured like really mm. badly at, at some point, yeah. but he was doing pretty well with the national team. Um, so you have him, you have Cordoba, obviously, Beltran, Antuna, Roberto Alvarado, Chaquito, um, Cesar Huerta doing really, really well in Mazatlan and coming back at Chivas, apparently. Macias yeah. Vega. So, yeah, it's, it's a yeah. really strong squad. Kevin Alvarez as well. I mean, yeah. he's been absolutely yeah. sensational for Pachuca, and I think he's only what? Is he 18? Let me see. Um, Well, you look that up. You know, when you're mentioning that, it it feels like you know how but still pretty young. Yeah. How how we how we said that the national team, you know, is giving, especially with all the friendlies and all these kind of, you know, moleros. But it's given some of these players national team games that when you're looking at this under 23 squad, there's a lot of players that have a lot of minutes in national team Mm -hmm. already. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, looking at Antuna, is, who is 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 the, is the playing on 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 Wednesday was the player with the most minutes with the Mexican national team. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's an important point. Actually, I wrote about it a bit last week as well. Um, you know, Mexico. When you look at it on the world stage right now, they don't have too, it doesn't have too many advantages in terms of 
you know, we talk about the competition and, you know, earlier in the pod, I was mentioning some of the stats there about, you know, 77th is the the, the average ranking um, for, for the 18 games that, that Tata Martino's Mexico has played. It's not, it's not great. You're playing against teams that are worse than you consistently. And, and, you know, when you compare that to what goes on in South America, where already now they're at it, they're at it between now and Qatar 2022, they're going at each other. Every single, um, every single, you know, international break, the, the qualifying is absolutely intense. It's like you can't replicate that. Mexico can't replicate it. And although we talk about it and go on and on about it, it kind of gets boring because we can't change it. The big, the advantage that Mexico has, the competitive advantage that the Mexican national team has compared to other national teams is that Liga MX um, allows the players to come to go into these camps, that they're going to allow, they allow these non-FIFA friendlies and they release the players from from them, and and you know part of what I wrote is is also like Herrera, really that's a threat to, to to the one competitive advantage that the Mexican national team has, and and the other one is that you got Tata Martino who is um, a really really good coach, and I think if you give Tata Martino the maximum amount of time as you can with those younger players, then you know that that that's that's if you're going to make a case of why Mexico is going to do well. At the next World Cup, I think that that would be one of the things that he's going to know these younger players inside out. He's going to, they're going to know his system inside out, and and that's that's that, you know, and and you know, say an Argentina or a Brazil or, um, you know, the, a Germany or, or whatever, they 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 can't do that as much. So, um, so yeah, I think I think these these mini camps are are important. I mean, it's difficult to kind of, you know, like. Adriana, I'm sure, knows as well, like kind of come up with cool stories and big headlines and all that because it's just, it is what it is. They're just there training. Um, but it is, in terms of a sport on the sporting side of things, it is really important. And, and, and that Tata's getting this time is, is vital. And I mean, it could be vital. It could be a difference maker at the World Cup. Who knows? Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, anyone else? On the Mexicans abroad, we didn't mention Paolo Medina, Mexican professional footballer, voted the Guardians, you know, top 60 best young talents in 2016 is playing in Benantolicos. No? No, no love for him? We'll see, we'll see. Former uh, Real Madrid yeah, um, player, and now he's in Greece. Benfica, then Monterrey, I think it's alone or Morelia. Yeah, he was. Greece. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Those are like the ones that will surprise us. Like all of a sudden, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is he over there? And then I felt like people think we're thinking about that, like Layun back in the day. We're like, what? What is he doing? Okay, and then he America and everything that happened with him. But anyway, um, all right. Well, t- uh, talked about Mexicans abroad. We talked about El Tri. Um, two other games in November. That's what um, I'm kind of hearing still. So that's five games that they crammed. Um. We'll see. We'll see. So uh, we'll take it out there. Tom, Adriana, it's been a pleasure. Mexican soccer show. Next week, I'm sure we'll recap the game. Um, the Algeria game, that on the, that's on the 11th, right? Yeah, yeah. it's on the 11th. Okay. Is it the 11th or the 13th? Wait, no, no, no. The 13th. No, 13th, 13th, 13th. It was yeah, scheduled the 11th before. And then now it's yeah now it's the thirteenth. Okay, so okay, cool. We'll we'll probably chat and you know talk about that game. I, I'm actually excited about that game also. So very two two good games that we'll have different different opponents for Mexico, and then we'll see. Like Tom says, we're never going back to Europe because you know the schedule. All right, all right. Once again, thank you again for joining us. Special thanks to uh, Amy, who if you have not another plug, if you haven't watched, she was on the Cooligans. Uh, another uh, kind of a great soccer show that they have Fubo on Fubo TV. Like she was actually on TV, so kudos to her. If you have not watched it, definitely take some time. Uh, we tweeted out of the Food Next Nation account. Amy's tweeted it out. I tweeted it out. And she talks all about uh, Liga MX Femenil. Also, her uh, what she's done, you know, as a mother and all the things that she does. Um, covering Mexican soccer and at games and just some pretty, pretty cool stories of first time she was covering. Just an amazing, amazing show. I, I watched it all and uh, just kind of give it a big plug um, that one of us kind of made it to a to a show like that. So so that, that was that was pretty cool to see. So if you haven't watched it, it's the Cooligans and uh, they're, they're pretty cool peeps. Um, all right. Well, that's a nice little plug at the end. Thank you again, Tom, Adriana. Y, uh, yeah. 
we'll call this a Mexican Sock Show. Nos vemos. Hasta la próxima.